Well, because I need to do this, and it's important for me to do this. I don't like carrying around all this cash. (laughs) I understand. I sometimes feel the same exact way. Anyhow, I want to let everybody know that God is good. And all the time. Amen. I was... uh, Got a phone call, went and picked up some, uh, some paperbacks here. and uh, That's a lot, right? Look at all that. So anyhow, we are embarking upon Easter. We are embarking upon uh, reaching our goal. We have, at this point, this is $6,000 worth of $100 bills. Amen. That was handed to me. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm being accountable with this. Because I don't want it in my possession any longer. And uh, <laughs> I'll hold it for you. So we are going to hand it off to, to our... Oh, sit down, daughter. You've taken enough money out of my hands. And then this morning we stopped and got uh, the mail. And it was really interesting because in the mailbox was a bunch of 20s. So, I don't know, I, I guess... Uh, So check your mail today. I don't know, but God's really on the move, I guess. He's really moving, right? So, uh, but I want to let everybody know that we are four, only, only $4,000 short of reaching our goal of $16,000. Amen. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, there you go, brother. And, uh, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Just kidding. Uh, but I'm just excited to see what God is doing, you know, in our church, and I appreciate it. We uh, raising money for the new playground is going to be wonderful for our kids, and never uh, have to be. Uh, how, how should I say this? And it better not ever have to be replaced with this kind of money. We could have bought in four cars or something like that, used anyhow. Uh, all right, maybe maybe not four. Today, probably one. Back in 1980, I could have probably bought five, right? So Todd, come up with the times. But, uh, but anyhow, thank you so much. And continue to keep praying. We have two more weeks as we're raising money. And if the Lord lays it on your heart, you know, to, to continue to give to our kids' program. What I've loved about our church is this. You know, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross. And... I will trade it in for a crown. It's our trophy. We realize that we can put everything down and just lay it at the foot of the cross. And, you know, when I look at our ministry and I think about the pavilion, I think about all the things that we've, we have done. It's amazing to me to see God continually moving within the hearts of our people. Because you really have a heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what's probably more important for me than anything in ministry is that we fulfill The Great Commission that God has entrusted us and invoked upon us and told us, go into the highways and hedges and continue to proclaim it. Uh, And so I'm grateful for uh, just what we have the opportunity to do here at New Hope and abroad. I do want to say that uh, today is Jeremy's last day. Jeremy, if you'll just stand, if you will, please. And uh, he's getting ready to go overseas. Do we know where you're going, Jeremy? Have they given you your... And where's that at? Near Abu Dhabi. Okay. So uh, we're going to pray for Jeremy that God will be with him and that he gets to present the gospel. 
If you'll just stand there, Jeremy, we'll pray. And Samantha, if you'll stand with him, we'll pray for you as well. And, uh, you know, uh, and we're going to pray over you as a husband and wife. And, uh, you know, we, we really are appreciative of your service and uh, what all you do. I'll miss you, bro. It's kind of sad for me. I told him that this morning. I said, uh, Jeremy, this isn't fun. This is kind of sad. And Samantha, you're thinking the same thing. So is Laura and Lisa and the whole families. Jeff, you're all probably feeling the same way. But uh, you're loved here. And we will be praying for you, and I'll keep in touch with you. Thank God for Facebook, right? And all the messaging and all that other stuff we get to do. So let's pray for you. Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your grace. And we thank you for the great privilege to continue to move forward uh, and present the gospel. Lord, right now, I pray for an anointing over Jeremy as he goes overseas. Father, he has a calling upon his life, so you remind him of what his calling is. And as he serves our country and countries abroad, Father, I pray for a hedge of protection about him that you'll keep him safe, that you'll watch over him. But Father, as he embarks and, and takes the big plane into the, into the sky, Father, and he lands into a whole different atmosphere and country, Father, I pray that you will be with him, that your hand will be upon him, and that you will just Give him the power of the Holy Ghost to be able to present and speak and proclaim the light of our Savior Jesus Christ in a world that is so dark with sin and hatred. So, Father, we pray again that the Great Commission would go forth, that it will not come back void, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth will prosper. So, Father, we thank you again, and we ask that you'll be with Samantha and the boys as he's away. Father, may your hand of protection be upon them. Give her the strength and courage as he goes away and as he comes back in a few months, and we're only going to say few, that, Father, it will feel like a few months. But, Father, we thank you for Jeremy and his love and his heart for you. Bless them. Bless their family. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. We will never be able to comprehend the cosmic struggle Jesus experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane. And yet it was the night before his crucifixion, just the agony that he went through. And I believe that this morning this sermon helps us to see the emotional struggle between Jesus' human and divine sides. And actually what it teaches us. Here's a little song from a little girl called Gethsemane. What would it be like if, if we all had just that childlike faith? If we experienced just what it was like in our own life? Listen closely. Jesus climbs the hill to the garden still. His steps were heavy and slow. Took him there to the place only he could go. Gethsemane, Jesus was me, so he went willingly to Gethsemane. He fell on. His friends were asleep. He 
Amen. You know, we, we lead up to Passion Week. We lead up to Holy Week. And we see the difficulty that, that comes with the Gethsemane experience. I, I just have to tell you all something. This has not happened as much in my life as it has in the last month. I get up here to preach, and God has me going in a whole other direction. I wondered when this would happen after 25 years of preaching. Woo! All right, so here I go. I'm just going to let God do, because i got goosebumps over me, and we're just going to go with where God's leading. So, guys, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't think I'm going to go with my notes, but I'm going to try to, you just try to follow me. We are going to allow the Holy Spirit to move within us today. Because I told my wife last night, I went into uh, studying. We had uh, Fong and Ashley's uh, wedding ceremony. It was a beautiful wedding. I got home last night about 7.30, and I went and sat in front of my laptop, and I knew what I was, where I was going and where I was headed. And, and God said, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to preach on the cross. That's why the songs were about the cross. And he said, today, you're going to preach on Gethsemane. And so I wrote all this stuff down. I have all these points and all this scripture. And now he's telling me to do something else. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to follow you. But you know what's great about this? That it's all from the Word of God. It's from God's Word, not Todd's Word. Amen. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 14 with verses 1. Not verse 32 where I was going to actually start. But we're going to still talk about Gethsemane experience. And, and I'm starting to feel that, that uh, I, I was noticing it in the song. And then I started feeling like the Holy Spirit was really leading. And I think that... We really need to embrace what Jesus Christ went through. And I will say at the time he wasn't Jesus Christ. He was Jesus as he went into the place to the olive press to go find a place where he could pray. Yet in a little 
in a, just a little song, it talks about this Gethsemane experience, and it talks about a child and, and how that's going to play out in her life. She doesn't even understand, but uh, Claire Ryan is her name, but she will understand someday the significance of what it was like to be in the Garden of Gethsemane and to walk with Jesus. This past week, I've been studying in Acts, and I've been really being moved by the Holy Spirit about the fulfillment and filling of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of the Holy Spirit like nothing I've ever been before. So I don't want to say shake it off. I want to say shake it on, shake it on, right? So that's where I'm kind of at right now, but I'm just going to let... That the Holy Spirit do his work because he has been moving and I believe that our church is in a revival right now and God is doing an amazing, amazing work in the lives with people in this church. So let me pray. Let me just start off with prayer today. Father God, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus to thank you for the next few minutes that we get to open up your word and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, right now I pray that you'll pour your spirit upon me, that you will anoint me, that you will hide me behind the cross and that the words that I speak. The meditation of my heart will be heard, will be resonated, Lord, that you will move within your congregation and your people. Father, right now, I pray for a fresh anointing. I pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon the people of new hope. Father, for those that are listening, I pray that a fresh anointing and that the Holy Spirit would fall upon the people that are listening today. Father, I don't know what's going on, but I know you know what's going on. And so, Father, I'm going to trust right now in this space where I'm at that, God, you are going to to do a work and you're going to move and stir within the lives of your people. Oh God, help me to be able to communicate and to speak with clarity, with fervency, Father, to help to reprove, rebuke and exhort, Lord, let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Ghost just stir within our hearts and Lord, teach us something today from your word. Lord, I pray that we'll be able to see clearly what it is that you want for us. Lord, prepare our hearts, set our hearts, our souls, and our minds on you, Lord, for you are the way maker. You're the promise keeper, Lord. You bring light into this dark world. And so, Father, we know that you are God and you are God alone, that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And, Father, I just want to keep praying for the next hour. Lord, I know that your spirit is here, and, Lord, you are doing something right now, Lord. I believe it. Father, actually, I feel that there's somebody in here right now that Lord needs something from you specifically for their health, for their depression. Father, right now I speak Jesus over them. I speak a fresh deliverance over them in the mighty power of Jesus' name, the Jesus of Nazareth. And so, Father God, I pray that you will just start to do your work right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And yea, and we know that in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So, Father, right now, Lord, let us see the glory of the Father, Abba Father, through the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, speak to me today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So we start off in Mark chapter 14, verse 1, and here's what it reads. After two days, it was the Passover and the feast of the unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. Yet in verse 2, it says this, but they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. In the name of Jesus, I command that PowerPoint to work. See what's happening? But guess what, church? We have the good old word. 
And that's exactly what I'll read out of. I don't need PowerPoint. How do you like that, Satan? We're going to read right out of this. Here we go. So chapter 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. Woo! Isn't that powerful? Do you understand what is taking place here? She had that anointing oil because she knew what it was. And people were then starting to ask her, what in the world are you doing with that? That is like some precious oil. But also, it was meant and it was significant for his death. So we have to see prophetic message playing out here, right? And so in verse 4 it says this, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Ah, let her alone. Why trouble you? Why do you trouble her? And she has wrought a good work on me. In verse 7 it says, For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good, but me ye have not always. Now this is the King James Version. And in verse 8 it says this, She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Isn't that cool? She came beforehand because she understood who he was. Isn't that amazing? That he wasn't just son of man. He was son of God. I mean, think about it. Now we're leading up to one of the greatest uh, demonstrations of the love of God. And we're starting to see it play out right before our eyes. So I love Mark chapter 14. So now in verse 8, she has done what she could. She says, she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verse 9, verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken for a memorial of her, in remembrance of her. That's amazing. Now, all of this is going to play out, right? And so now we continue, and we're in verse 10. And it said that Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? He sent out two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water and follow him. Wherever he goes in... Say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples, right? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. So his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. In the evening, he came with the twelve. Now, as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. Interesting thought, isn't it? One of you who eats with me will betray me. What an uncomfortable situation to be in, right? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're one of the twelve. Maybe you wouldn't pick up the cross 
Maybe you would say, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. And yet, there was one that was there who says, I know exactly what you're going to do. Jesus already knows your heart. He knows where you're at. He knows what you've been participating in. He knows the sin of your heart, the sin of your mind. He knows the places you've been and the things that you've done. So it's not a secret to him. But you know the great part of it? That you can be delivered because he is there and he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's beside you. And as my wife said, she didn't understand this, but prayer is this. Sometimes we bring our petition to the Lord, but I think prayer helps us get through it and get to it not get out of it and i believe it draws us and makes us stronger as we go through every situation in our life it says here that they began to become sorrowful and to say to him one by one is it i and another said is it i think about that if jesus were standing here right now and he were to look you right in the eye and say You know what? Are you going to betray me? If you could go outside of this, would you, as a military man, as a soldier, will you betray me when you go overseas? Jeremy's going to be challenged within his heart to continue to pick up the cross of Christ in an Islamic territory. Wow, what a challenge to understand just how how deep yet how thorough your calling is going to be. I need you to understand that. I know the calling upon your life. I heard you say in front of the men in front of this church that you've had a calling upon your life. Now is the time to use it. So I commission you, brother, to go do the work that God has called you to do. And do it with clarity, with prayer, and with the power of Jesus Christ. Because you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. So he answered and said to them, Is it one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish? And the Son of Man indeed goes just as... As it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it. And he gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for me. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I won't get into the doctrine behind that, but I love that part right there. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. Now here we're starting to go right into the Mount of Olives where Jesus gets alone, where now Satan is on his back way before the temptation is there. Satan is against him, and yet he tells them, let's go to the place where we press olives. You know, it reminds me of our own life. Let's go to a place Where what? Where Satan starts to really press on us. For some of you, you're getting baptized Easter Sunday morning. And for some of you, you've said, yes, I want to be baptized. I hope it wasn't just a feeling that you had, but I hope it was a commitment and a covenant that you're prepared to make before God Almighty. To be baptized in the likeness of his death is to walk in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in the newness of christ and we have to start to embrace truly what water baptism is all about we know to be saved is to be born again and then to take the next step is to go into water baptism and say it is my outward profession of my inward confession i've confessed jesus christ as lord and today i'm going to make a difference and i hope that many of you can take it serious in your walk with jesus christ Here's what Jesus said to them. 
All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, I will not stumble. I promise you that. Jesus said to him, surely I say to you that today, even this night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me not twice, but three times. But he spoke more vehemently, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed then he said to them oh my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death stay here and watch he went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him and at that moment he i really believe that many of us just like jesus we have some moments in our life where we don't understand truly who jesus is see we come to church and church becomes a religious experience a dot on my weekly planner my calendar and yet Even Jesus knew his father because everything he did, he did in his father's name through the power of his father. And have you ever skinned your knee? Have you ever like gotten hurt? And the person you want to go to and the person you want to trust is who? You want to trust your mommy or your daddy. Because you know they'll help you. You skin your knee, you got blood going all the way down, you're like, Help me, Mommy. Help me, Daddy. They put a Band-Aid on it, and I think for some little toddlers, they think the Band-Aid has healing power in it. Some of them, it does. It is magic. And, uh, but it's us doctoring them and telling them it's going to be okay. There's a measure of trust that pl- starts to play out in that narrative with our children. And now, here is Jesus in his childlike faith. And here's what he says. He said, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So he's like, hey, Dad. That was a personal, a very personal name for his father. So he made it personal right then. Because he became, well, he he ended up at the end of himself so that he could get to the beginning of God. That was true surrender. And then he cried out and said, Dad, Daddy. All things are possible for you. Please take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Right there was his heart of surrender. He said, not my will, but your will be done. Maybe God's been pressing on you this Easter season. You know that God wants you to turn from your wicked ways. You know that God wants to heal you, but you won't get on your knees because you can't, you can't embrace the power of the Father. Your pride gets in the way. Get on your knees and say, I'm bringing my petitions before him. And I know that in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the son of almighty God, I know that there is power in his name. And then we cry out, Abba, Father, 
Dad, heal me. Deliver me. Release me. Man, we should have a church filled from stem to stern. But we're in a time when people don't even know who Abba Father is. Because everything else is getting attention. Everything else a spotlight is on. And yet we're reminded in the Garden of Gethsemane what God is truly trying to do. And he says, Father, take this cup from me. What he was saying was, get rid of this pain. It even said that sweat drops of blood started to pour from his head. And I'll show you here in just a minute. And he gets up sorrowful even unto death. How many of you had the flu this season? How many of you have had that nasty intestinal flu? That stuff that, yeah, it runs that way, and it runs that way. (laughs) I know. I experienced it. And it says, unto death. I felt like death. Thank you. There's nothing worse than intestinal flu. shake that off. But here's what Jesus did. He stood up in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the Olive Press, the Mount of Olives, the place in order to get oil, ready? In order to get oil out of an olive, you got to do what? They got to press and press and press and press and press. And he felt the press of the whole world right before him. And he felt the sins of all humanity pressing down on him to the point that it says that sweat drops of blood were coming down. And he was pouring and he was weeping and he was grieving for the whole world because God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life life. You could say, oh, I know John three sixteen, but you don't believe it and you need to receive it because God loves the world. And this Easter season, we need to proclaim that he is God and that he loved us enough to, to die for us. But yet I believe that this place of this Gethsemane experience started right in this time where Jesus said, I know what's going on. And when all that started to press down and that oil started to run, you know what's exciting for me is that I know I it, all through Scripture, I think it's over 200 times anointing, 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 oil, 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 refiner, refining, 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 over and over again. Do you know why? Because there's power through the oil. And Jesus then gets up. Now watch this play out. Jesus gets up, and it says, then he came and found them sleeping. Now, his three disciples, out of all of them, they're falling asleep. And it says here, and Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Come on. Man, it's exhausting. I'm getting exhausted. He's going back to them and saying, couldn't you just watch? And can you turn the air on for a few minutes? Thank you. Could you just not watch for One hour, one hour, watch what's, I'm I'm building up to something here. He said, watch and pray in verse 38, lest you enter into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit, if you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, 
We have power through the Holy Spirit. We have power in the Holy Ghost. And it says when your flesh is weak, that the Spirit can become stronger. So Jesus right there identified just his own weakness because he came in the form of mankind and there he was suffering in his weakness and he told them, just pray. He wasn't praying for himself. He was praying for the sins of all the world. And it says there, lest you enter into temptation. In verse 39 it says, and again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. So we continue. And when he returned, he found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. And they did not know how or what to answer him. And then he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. And he said, see, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now his betrayer had given them a signal saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one who sees him and lead him away safely. As soon as he had come, immediately he went up to him and said to him, And this is very, very sad for me. He didn't say to him, Messiah, Messiah. He said to him, Teacher, teacher and he kissed him then they laid their hands on him and took him and what that means is that then they put him in shackles and jesus answered and said to them have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me verse 48 and i know i skipped over 47 they cut off his ear but keep going to 49 and he says this then jesus answered and said to them Thank you. I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they all forsook him and fled. I'm going to stop right there. For sake of time, I want to really draw home something very, very important. When the sweat drops of blood poured from his head, is it that moment that he became sin for all humanity and we back all the way up he said and this cup and this bread this is my blood this is my bread this is my body this is the blood that was poured out for you for your sins and this is my body that was broken and spilled out for you do you all understand what's what's happening here i will go to the cross and it was at that moment it was in that defining moment that he went back In the third hour. In the third hour. He went back because he knew that it needed to be completed. That he was a work in progress because he was Jesus. And God perfected it right then. The anointing fell upon him. And here's what he said. Hey, guys. Get up. Get up. Get up. 
Get up. Get up. They're coming. They're coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Get up. Get up. Get up. Are you ready? You know what, what happened? Because he went to his Abba father. He went to his dad. His dad answered his prayer and he said, Great peace. Now rise. Isn't it amazing how we can continue to keep going to God and we don't hear the answer that we want? But it isn't about him answering our prayers immediately. It's about going through the process of prayer and calling upon Abba Father and understanding our role. And there will come a time when he will say, this is your day. This is your time. This is your minute. Now rise up and go get him. Now rise up. Fulfill what I've called you to do. Sister, you're going to Romania. You know why you're going to Romania? Because you accepted a calling. You surrendered to the call that God had for you. He could have said, okay, it's three days, 30 days, 30 months, three years, 30 years. But you accepted the call and you're going. And so we applaud you for accepting the call of Jesus Christ. But I'm sure, like anything, we all say, not me today. Not me, Lord. Not me, Lord. I can't do this. But I want to show you something. The reason why everything happened in threes, three guys were there. Three hours they were there. There was three men that were there, a father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. So we start to see the number three because the number three means that it is completed, that there is perfection that is there. We also start to see that Noah, if we go back to the Old Testament, Noah had three sons. Three visitors appeared unto Abraham. Jonah was in the belly of the, of the fish and the well for how many days? For three days. And here's what else took place. Jesus answered Satan's threefold temptation with three scriptural references. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. For thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. Jesus' ministry lasted for three years. Peter denied Jesus three times. Three times Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He said, you know I love you. And he said, well, then show me that you love me. He said, do you have that agape love for me? Or is it just a phileo love, just, just uh, brotherly love and fi- uh, friendship love? He said, no, Father, you know I love you. And he said, well, then good. Go feed my sheep. And then we have the great uh, doxology and the conclusion to a great moment in, in history because in three days Jesus rose from the In three days Jesus rose from the That's victory over sin. That's victory in our life. I'm going to ask you a question. In the last 30 minutes, in the last three minutes, has God been speaking to you? And I'm closing. And if God is speaking to you, then I want you to rise up. I want you to say, here I am, God. I surrender. Here I am. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me. Lord, just like the olive press, I know Jesus went there while studying the oil press and understanding what took place in the Kindred Valley. Do you know that the Kindred Valley was full of blood because of all of the sacrifices that were taking place. And it says that Jesus went over, up over that, because no longer after the blood of Jesus Christ would we ever have to have another animal sacrifice because he became the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm grateful for when you look at history and understand that where the Mount of Olives sits is where we find victory, peace, and rest in Jesus Christ.
church today, can I ask you, even from my kids to our extended family and friends, what is God speaking to you about today? I've looked into the eyes of some of the people here, and I will tell you this, I've discerned your spirit. You are holding on to a stronghold that has kept you in bondage. Let it go. Laid at the foot of the cross. We are embarking upon a great season, a, a passion week, a holy week where we can just say, God, here it is. I'm a laid at the foot of the cross. Father, I'm going to pray all week. I'm going to fast for you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. We have Glory Way Quartet Saturday with the kids. Sunday, a great communion service and resurrection service and baptismal service. What that is, is that's people being transformed and changing their life. And today I wanted to start with you. Jesus is calling. He's calling you. Maybe like the old hymn says, just as I am, would you come just as you are? Would you understand the power of Gethsemane? The experience of Gethsemane? The love of Gethsemane? It said, but God demonstrated His love toward us and why will we all of us were yet sinners. It says, He died for us, Romans 5.8. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He went to the cross, and we reflect upon that this Easter season. Next week being Palm Sunday, that triumphant entry goes in, and He knew that He was going to die for the sins of all humanity. Yeah, I went a little bit forward to go backwards, but I will tell you that God is ready to do a work in you. Do you receive that this morning? Will you surrender to that today? Let's all rise as we pray. Father, we thank you that today we realize that prayer in this text did not deliver Jesus from suffering. But it did deliver him through it. Father, so often we pray that God might get us out of adversity rather than through it. And prayer is one of God's primary provisions for our endurance and perseverance. Father, your word to your disciples applied to all of us this morning. Help us as we pray that we will not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, we thank you that today we know that you completed what you came to do. That you perfected the work of the cross. And Lord, in those quiet moments of Gethsemane, in the garden, the Holy Spirit came and anointed you. It gave you the peace and the strength to endure the suffering that any other human being would not be able to endure from the beatings, from the, the whipping, from the gashes, from the crown of thorns. Jesus, we realize you didn't do this in your own power. For you had an anointing upon your life. God, I'm just reminded right now that I have some fear that sometimes will come into my life and cripple me. But I know that I need to put my faith and trust in you. And fear does not come from you. It comes from the enemy.
So we pull down that stronghold. And what a great example you are and were as you were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you said, you know what? I'm not going to fear what man shall do to me. For I am going to my Father. Because my Father's in me. I have the strength to endure the cross of Calvary. So God, help us walk out of here today to be grateful for this Easter season. To remember this Gethsemane experience. God, if there's somebody in this room that needs to know you as Lord and Savior, may they come and get saved today. Know that you didn't go to the cross for a show, for the passion of the Christ. You went to the cross for that person, that individual. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, is there somebody in the room here today that the Lord is speaking to? And if there is, can you just show me your hand? I want to pray for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, all over, amen, amen. Maybe for some of you that are in this room, do you feel like if you were to die today, you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you need to accept Christ as your Savior? Is there anybody here that says, I need saved, I need saved, hallelujah, I need to ask Jesus into my heart, I need him to, hallelujah. I need him to do a work in me, and I need it today, right here, right now. Hallelujah. We're going to have an altar call, and when we have that altar call, I'm going to ask you to come. And I want you to just say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I surrender all, all to you. I freely give. And as we sing this at the foot of the cross, if you need prayer, we're going to pray over you. If you say, God, here I am. And as a church, let's just say this out loud as we say this sinner's prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. I believe that you're the Son of God. Please come into my heart and into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all sinful things. I accept you as Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Release each person in your name we pray. Amen.